Hey guys, good morning. It is good to be with you. As you can tell, uh, I'm not really with you. Uh, I'm with you, but I'm not with you. This is just an oddity today. Uh, actually, I am off campus today. I, I, I'm at a conference, uh, and, uh, but I wanted to spend this time with you this morning because I believe that what God has started with us in relation to this, this Holy Spirit study, I, I, I just really wanted to continue the journey with you guys uh, today. And so uh, somebody has probably already been thinking, you know, Pastor Jason's never looked so good. I did ask for the skinny, the skinny LED panels. And so I'm hoping that it just uh, transfers to you like that today. But uh, we're glad that you guys are here. And, and for those of you that are watching online with us today, thanks for dialing in. The reality is we're all joining you today <laughs> because this is a video sermon. And uh, I invited our staff to come and kind of sit in the studio audience today. And none of them took me up on that, actually just a couple. So uh, I'm expecting them to, to say amen and be loud and proud. And uh, uh, But this is just going to be a great time together today. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would guide us during this time today. Lord, here's my prayer. I, I'm praying against the spirit of distraction. Lord, I, I pray that, that we would listen completely, not just listen to parts, but that we would listen completely to what you want to say in this moment today. Holy Spirit, let us not miss a single word. Uh, let us not allow the enemy to misconstrue, uh, to, to twist or change anything God, that you want to say right now. So let us dial in. Let us focus in and listen intently to your voice. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. We're in this study dealing with the Holy Spirit, and, and we've been making some, some big statements all throughout our journey together, but, but there are a couple in particular that, that we have kind of been reemphasizing over and over again Two things, one of which, God is not a forcer, he's a filler. And we want you to know that when it comes in relation to the Holy Spirit of God, he is not going to force himself upon you. You might have seen situations and been in moments in which you've seen an individual or a person try to force God upon somebody. That's not how God operates. He does fill, though, those who long for him. We've also been making this statement that just because you've not experienced something does not make it not real. And for a lot of us, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, just because we've not experienced him on certain levels or in certain ways that others have, we tend to write that off as fake, phony, or manufactured. I just want to guard against that. That just because we've not experienced something does not make it not real. And so today, as we journey together, I, I want us to continue looking through the book of Acts. That has pretty much served as our main text over these, these last few weeks. And, and in the book of Acts everywhere, there's something interesting that I find. That when it comes to this receiving of the Holy Spirit, when it's described in the book of Acts, it is always described as experiential. Now, now, what I mean by experiential, what I mean by that is that it's just not a logical inference. So something that you know that, that has, has happened to you only because something else has happened. Instead, what you find in Acts, it, it has effects when the Holy Spirit comes upon people that are clearly discernible. 
in the book of Acts, and as I said last week, you could also, it's probably better entitled, the Acts of the Apostles, because what you find is the Holy Spirit coming, but then it changing them to a different way of living and actions, experiences throughout the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, when a, when a person knows, he, he, he knows when he receives the Holy Spirit, it, it is an experience that affects the person. They have a moment that they can point back to. Are you with me today? Now, if you were to take out your concordance and look up every text in the book of Acts where, where the Holy Spirit works on believers, it is never, say never, it is never subconscious. In fact, in Acts, the Holy Spirit is not a silence influence, but an experienced power. Now that's big. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is not a silent influence, but an experienced power. Believers experienced, as we looked at last week in, in, in Acts chapters 1 and 2, believers experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They didn't just believe that it happened because an apostle had said so. They experienced it. They didn't just read about it years past. No, there was an event that they could point back to that was an experience. Are you with me today? So let me, let me illustrate this from Acts chapter 19 and, and in verse 2. We're going to look at lots of various passages in the book of Acts today, so, so just stay with me. Those of you guys that love to take screenshots and what have you, if you have the Bible app, version, all of my notes are there today. You'll have all the scripture references, but, but we're going to lock and load. But I want to start in Acts chapter 19, verse 2. The, the, the situation in Acts chapter 19 is, is that Paul has come to the, the city of Ephesus, and he has found some disciples who, as it turns out, only know the baptism of John the Baptist, and they've not been baptized in the name of Jesus. Some of you probably remember this story. Paul detects that there's something wrong and, 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 and breaks this whole thing open by asking these disciples a key question that we find in Acts chapter 19, verse 2. It says this, Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, that's a remarkable question for contemporary American evangelicals who, who, who have been taught, by and large, that the way that you know that you have received the Holy Spirit is that you are a believer. We've been told that you can know that you have the Holy Spirit because all who believe have the Holy Spirit. I believe that that's a true statement. I believe that when a person says yes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into their life. So I would believe with, uh, that that is a true statement. So, so, so what we've been taught, that, that if we want to know if someone has received the Holy Spirit, what we in turn do is, is, is we ask, have you received the Holy Spirit? We would say, have you believed on Jesus, right? 
If, if I believed upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in to my life. And if that person answers yes, then, then we know that that person has the Holy Spirit of Christ within them. So you see, receiving the Holy Spirit is, is a logical inference. It's not in this realm an experience to point to. But Paul's question in Acts chapter 19 verse 2 is different than that. Paul says this to these disciples in, in, in Ephesus. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And, 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 and when you first look at that, it, like I did, it, it kind of leaves me scratching my head and, and, and saying, hey, Paul, wait a minute. I don't, I don't get it. It, it. If you assume that we believed, then why don't you assume that I received the Holy Spirit? We, we've been taught and, and, and that, that, that all who believe receive, right? All who believe receive the Holy Spirit. We, we've been taught to, to, to just believe that, that the Spirit is there, whether there are any effects to it or not. But Paul in Acts 19, you're, you're talking as if there is a way to know. You, you, you're implying that, 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 that maybe there is some way that, that I can know that, that I've received the Holy Spirit different from just believing. You, 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 you talk, Paul, as, as if we could point to an experience of the Spirit apart from believing in order to answer your question. And that is exactly what Paul talks about. That's the way he's talking. When Paul asked those disciples in Ephesus in Acts 19, did you receive the Spirit when you believed? I believe that Paul expects that a person who has received the Holy Spirit knows it. Not just because of inference from his faith in Christ, but because it is an experience with effects that that person can point back to. Are you with me there? It's not just knowing, but, but I can look back and I can see an experience that was maybe a defining marker in my life when the Holy Spirit came upon me. Now, when you look through the book of Acts, that is what you're gonna find runs all the way through this book of Acts. All the explicit descriptions that you find of receiving the Holy Spirit, they are all experiential, not inferential. Are you with me there? Now, now don't fall off on me yet because I, I want to explain what I'm talking about here. And I believe the author of, of the book of Acts, whose name was Luke, right? He wrote Luke and he also wrote this Acts of the Apostles. Luke, Luke gives several ways throughout the book of Acts of describing the coming of the Holy Spirit. In fact, there are seven, seven words or phrases that he speaks of, and I have these for you today. First of all, he, 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 he uses this idea of the Holy Spirit being given to people. In Acts chapter 5, verse 32, he says, We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who believe him. 
Luke also describes this coming of the Holy Spirit as, as falling upon people. Look what he says in Acts 10 verse 44. It says, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. Luke would also share that there's another way that describes this, this coming of the Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit, it, it just comes upon people. We, we looked at a key verse last week in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that says, You will receive power when what? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Luke would share with us about there's this this description of of the Holy Spirit being poured out on people. In in Acts chapter 2, we looked at last Sunday that that Peter preaches a a, a sermon. And how many people were saved? 3,000 said yes. What an incredible, incredible sermon. Would you agree with me there? And a part of that sermon that Peter preached that day was an Old Testament prophecy from the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2. And and some of those words in in Acts chapter 2 verse 17 about the spirit being poured out on, Peter was actually referring back to Old Testament prophecy that every good Jew would know. The words that said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your your young men will, will, will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Luke would also say that, 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 that throughout, the, throughout the book of Acts, he, he's very descriptive in, in that, that there are people that receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, verse 15, he says, they prayed for these new believers to, here it is, receive the Holy Spirit. We, we talked about it last week in, in, in Acts chapter 1 and in, in Acts chapter 2 that, 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 that there is evidence of, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? Acts chapter 1 verse 5, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and then Luke also shares this, this other description of, of, of the Holy Spirit. It says that there are those that are that are filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, everyone present on this day of Pentecost, remember that, that, that sound uh, of, of, of a freight train or tornadic winds that came upon that day of Pentecost? And it says, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to do so. So, so, so here's what I'm trying to do for I, I, I'm trying to let you, you, you see that, that there are so many ways throughout the Acts of the Apostles, the book of Acts, that Luke gives us these descriptions of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and they're found in, in incredible stories or instances throughout the book of Acts. Every one of these stories and instances are, are, are with the Spirit. They, they are what I would call those experienced effects. People can look back and point to, to an experience and say, man, I remember that day that I heard that sound that, that it sounded like an awesome wind. 
It's an experience. I remember seeing what looked like, Scripture says, tongues of fire, right? You remember that? I remember those things, experiences that people can look back to and see the Holy Spirit coming. And every one of those, it was an experienced effect. We've, we, we talked about Pentecost last week, and, and, and you guys will remember that at Pentecost, there was this speaking in tongues and, and praising the mighty works of God. And, and what you find also that, 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 that when the Spirit came upon the believers that day, 120, they were gathered, and they had been praying for 10 days in Jerusalem there, and, and the Spirit came. Whoa, and it, it, not only was it incredible with the wind and, and what looked like tongues of, of, of fire, but, but it, it gave them this boldness, this power to witness. You see, that's the beautiful thing about Pentecost. The little sidebar here, and, and maybe more about this to come later. But listen, Pentecost, what made Pentecost so different was, yes, you could say the wind and what looked like tongues of fire, but I'm telling you, the believers did something as a result of that experience. They, they were never the same. <laughs> it changed them. They were different people. They were different. Pentecost, this, this speaking in, in those known languages of the day. Remember, Jews from all over the world had gathered and they began to hear their language spoken by just these Galilean Jews. How could they know my language, ah, they experienced the Holy Spirit. It gave them this power to go and witness. Remember Peter? Remember that's the same Peter that we talked about that just 50 days earlier had denied Christ? You know, I'll never deny you. Oh, Peter, be careful what you say, bro, because the rooster three times, right? You're gonna deny me. This is the same Peter. You see, in Acts 2, 1 through 4, this, this power comes on, and he is no longer a coward, but he becomes a great preacher and confident that his Savior lives and is the Messiah. Well, you, 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 you find Luke would tell us that, that in Samaria, there's, there's something so obvious in an experience that, that a sorcerer by the name of Simon saw through the ministry of Peter and John one day. We, 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 we know that in, 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 in Acts chapter 8, Simon the sorcerer is, is, is filled with evil spirit and he's doing these things that are, well, they're just, they're dark and evil. But yet Peter and John come up on the scene and they begin to preach in a way and they, this sorcerer named Simon begins to see their effects with their words and Really, it's the effect of the Spirit working through them on people. And it's amazing because this sorcerer, he, he wants to somehow buy their power that they have so that he can go make it happen on his own. I love what it says in verse 18. It says, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy his power. Isn't that something? That's pretty powerful. That even the demonic understand that the power of the Holy Spirit is so much greater. Come on, somebody. In Caesarea, we find Paul going to the house of Cornelius. 
And when he shows up into that house and Cornelius is, is, is a man of God and he's been praying for someone to come, a man of God to come. And, and, and Paul finally shows up on the scene. And when Paul shows up in the house of Cornelius, he finds that they were speaking in other tongues, other languages, and he finds people praising God. You can find in, 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 in chapter 19 in Ephesus, once again, that we looked at in verse 2, when Paul finds these disciples of John the Baptist, there again, they were speaking in other tongues and prophesying. You could look at Paul's conversion in Acts chapter 9 and and, and see that there was an extraordinary boldness. There was an extraordinary empowering that came upon him to go and witness. Now, you know who Paul was. He was Saul of Tarsus. And one uh, chapter or two chapters earlier in, in Acts chapter 6, he was the one present at the stoning of one Stephen. And within two or three chapters... There's a mighty transformation that takes place in the man's life. This man who was responsible for, for, for the stoning of a great man of faith by the name of Stephen. Something radical takes place in this man's life. Come on. It wasn't that just somebody said, hey, listen, I think you need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for your life to be. No, there was an experience that took place in his life on the road to Damascus that forever changed him. He became one of the greatest gospel planting, spreading of the word men of all time. In Acts chapter 5, verse 32, Luke says that, that God gave the Holy Spirit to everyone who is obeying him. I love that because for some of you, I, I would just simply say this. Obedience to God is a mark of his presence in your life. Do you have a question? Do I really have the Holy Spirit? I would simply say, look at your obedience. You see, I believe that obedience to God is a mark of his presence. And so here's what I'm trying to do here in Acts. In every case of the Holy Spirit's coming or being received in the book of Acts, there are definite, say definite, there are definite effects that one person can point back to as the evidence that the Spirit has been received. The ones mentioned today that are, are speaking in tongues, prophesying, freely praising God for the great things that he does, being a bold witness, the power that is available in, in obedience to him. All of these things are evidences that the Spirit of God has come upon someone. And if we take the, the, the subsequent empowering of the Spirit into to account after that initial one, when, when, when you say yes to Jesus, the, then the list would continue to even grow when you talk about the power that the Spirit brings even after conversion. Man, we, we, we could talk all day about the working of miracles you see listed in the book of Acts. We could talk about signs and wonders. In fact, in Acts chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. And I love as you continue to read about Stephen's death, even as he's standing there, receiving rocks being hurled at him. You know what scripture says Stephen was doing? His gaze was where? It was upward. 
He saw the Father. What power for someone in the midst of losing their very life, still standing with a boldness and a confidence. I'm telling you, that's not just book knowledge. That's an incredible experience of power that has come upon someone. So here's the point of that. Whether Luke expects these kind of effects to happen in, in, in our lives in, in one initiary receiving of the Holy Spirit, or, or maybe it's in some sort of a two-step process with this baptism of the Spirit that we read about in Acts 1.5. Or, or maybe it's this ongoing sequence of fillings or, or, or some combination of all that. I, I don't know. But one thing to me is clear when you look at Acts. Luke expects the receiving of the Holy Spirit. However you may receive him. He expects that experience to be real. It is an identifiable experience of the living God. It is not just a logical inference from a human act of will. That's a lot. You know, I sometimes fear that we have so redefined conversion in in, in, in terms of human decisions and, and we have so removed any necessity of the experience of God's spirit. In fact, I think that there, there, we do it so much that, that many people think that they are saved when in fact, they only have Christian ideas in their head, not spiritual power in their heart. You see, these things that I've just laid out for you today and described, these are not natural effects. These are not natural outcomes on a person. They are supernatural. You see, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is a real life-changing experience. Did you hear what I said? It is a real life-changing experience experience. Hey guys, let me tell you something today. Christianity is not merely an array of glorious ideas. It's not merely the performance of rituals and sacraments. It is the life-changing experience of the Holy Spirit through faith placed in Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe. That's what it is. And, and, and let me say just a little bit more about this experience. Mm. There is no promise in the book of Acts that everyone who receives the Spirit will speak in tongues or prophesy. You won't find that. There's no promise that everyone who receives the Spirit will speak in tongues or prophesy. But there is a promise in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will receive power. <laughs> and, and this power will cause us, church, check this out, to be able to evangelize the whole world. You see, that's what happened in Acts 1-8. You shall receive power.
power, the dunamis. Dunamis is the same word we get for the word dynamite. You, you will be like dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in Acts 1, it says, and you will be my witnesses. See, that's the promise that's made to everybody on whom the Holy Spirit comes. That is not just for a few. That is for every one of us when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And I love what we continue to see in the book of Acts. We see these illustrations of, of what that power looks like as it comes upon different groups of people. As I've laid out for you already, for some of these people, when, when this power comes upon them, there is this speaking in tongues for some people. For some, this gift does come with a gift of prophecy. It comes for others with maybe this free and overflowing praise of God's greatness. I, for a long time, I have always loved to get my praise on. I believe I've just been eat up with the spirit of praise and, 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 and worship. Are you with me today? For some, it comes with this obedience to the commands of God. For others, this power comes with, with courage and, and boldness when it comes to witnessing. For others, it may bring the working of, of various signs and wonders, the use of incredible gifts. The gifts are different for every one of us. For some, there will be miracles that this power brings through an individual. But it's all supplied to us by the power of God. Here's what I want you to see today as we kind of get head for home a little bit. But I, I want you to see that however the power comes to you, it is an experience of divine reality. It's not just an idea about our spiritual condition that we infer from, from a decision that we have made. It is supernatural. So therefore, you see, you can use that to answer the question that was asked in Acts 19. Did you receive the Spirit when you believed? If that power has come upon you, you, you can say, yes, yes, I, I have seen the Spirit of obedience in my, my, my life at work. I've seen it when it comes to, to subduing sin and, and pushing me towards acts of love. For some of you, when that power comes, you can say, yes, I've, I've seen the spirit of praise in my life, filling my heart, filling my mouth with worship to Jesus and to God our Father. For, for some of you, when that power comes upon you, you can say, yes, I've seen the spirit of courage at work in my life, helping me overcome fear, giving me a will to risk things for the cause of Christ. For, for some of you, you can say, yes, that power that has come upon me, even though I know that speaking in tongues and, and this gift of prophecy are, are no sure sign of God's grace, yet together with other evidences, they are just too precious evidence to me that the power of God is on me. The power. Can you look back and see that you've received the power of Holy Spirit? Maybe today you can't answer that question. 
Maybe you can't answer the question this morning of, did you receive the Spirit when you believe? Then, then I'm not here to, to, to judge or condemn, I, but I'm here, I want to love you for just a few moments if you'll hang in there with me. Maybe you have not believed. And, and, and maybe you, 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 you need to believe as we bring this service to a close today. Now, now listen, I, I know for some of you, I was nine years old, and, and, and I don't know all the, the extreme details of what was happening in my life at that point, but there are some definitive things I remember about my experience with Jesus. And I can look back and trace and see that over the course of, of these years of walking with him, there have been key moments in my life where, where, where I have felt a little bit closer to Jesus and maybe received an, an, an extra dose of his presence. And as I shared with you guys last week, man, just even a couple of weeks ago, a powerful moment where I know that the power is on. But for some of you, maybe you don't know that. Or maybe you're here today and for some reason there's been a delay or a blockage and, and maybe a, a manifestation of God's power in your life. And, and maybe you need to seek his fullness in prayer today. Maybe you're here today and he's doing more in your life than, than you realize because you've never really been taught how to, to recognize the work of God. That's, that's what I've been hearing from, from so many of you is is, man, I just never knew the power that was available to me through the Holy Spirit. For some of you, this is new, and it's, re it's, 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 it's revelatory, isn't it? It's life-changing. And, and for some of you, 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 you've loved the Lord, but you just have never realized the full potential of his power at work within you. I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come and join us down front today. And, and I want to ask everyone, if you would, just to stand with me today and just bow your head and close your eyes. You know where you're at this morning. You do. And we're not that church that's going to say, ah, oh, I see this in you and you've got more. And you. That's not for us. Giftings are different. Anointing is different. If there's anything that I would desire for all of us here today is that we would just desire the power. The Holy Spirit desires to bless us all with. I just want to pray over you this morning as we bring this service to a close. I just want to ask you right now, just... Where are you at? Maybe you need to declare your faith in the Lord for the very first time. Maybe, maybe you've already done that, and maybe you're here today, and you just need to ask for a release and, and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Or maybe you're here today, and you just need to ask for that ability to discern his work that he has for you. So Lord, search our hearts. Know our ways. And God, fill us with your power. It's in the awesome name of Jesus we pray. Amen.